welcome back to the White Cloak Club. My name is Lindsay and I'm a counselor at Moon Prep. And today I've got Nicole and Alex here with me who both got great perspectives on this because they've both been school counselors at schools, at high schools. Um, because today we're going to be talking about course selection. All right, Alex, why don't you kick us off? Um, why is a student's academic record important? That's a great question. So a high school transcript holds significant weight in the college application process. Um, I think one of the big pieces to remember is that it's a comprehensive record of four years, so ninth through 12th grade courses and grades. So beyond just merely listing the courses, it reflects a student's academic challenges, such as honors, AP or IB courses, um, as well as their GPA interest and electives. So it's important that the course selection process is not taken lightly because in the end, that course selection will reflect on that student's transcript when they are applying to college. Completely agree. So Nicole, whenever you're advising students about like the course selection timeline in the process, what are some things that you typically tell them to think about? Yeah, so every school will have their own practice in this, but at the schools that I've been at specifically, and Alex, you can jump in with any changes that your schools might've used, but we will do classroom push-ins. So school counselors will push into classrooms to talk about some of maybe the new offerings or the changes in offerings for the following year. We'll hand out um, pamphlets potentially or course sheets for students to just know what their options will be next year overall. This is very general. It's not an individual process for students. They'll have some time to think about it and then we'll do individual meetings usually in the early spring in the states that I've been in. And that's when students will meet one-on-one -on -one with their counselor to discuss what they're choosing and kind of get that guidance from their counselor as to, do I meet the prerequisites for this AP course? You know, this is what my goal is for 11th grade. So what should I take in 10th grade? Things like that. Um, but it is much more of an individual process. Uh, and then you're able to kind of select. From there, they will kind of get built into a system. And if you've ever done schedule builds, you know the hassle there, but it'll get built. And then you will ultimately come get something back from your counselor, whether your requests all fit or not. It's generally like a big puzzle that they have to kind of fit everything in for each student. Yeah. And I think just one more piece on that, Nicole, it's, that was perfect. And I love the, the comment about the big puzzle, because I think sometimes families forget that it's not that the school counselor is saying that they can't have the class they want, but it actually physically doesn't fit into the puzzle of the schedule. Um, one more piece too is some schools will also have teacher recommendations. So students will be able to, of course, select classes they would like to take, but sometimes classes require a teacher to recommend you, whether it's in a higher level or a very specific class. So it is important for students to work really hard in school. If a student is in a regular class and they get a C and they want to take honors the following level, that doesn't work. So schools have rationale for wanting students to obviously be successful in the courses that they're placed in. So it is really important that students are working really hard, but also communicating with their teachers if recommendations are a part of the process. Now, you were talking a lot about push-in, Nicole, like where the counselors come in and talk. But what is if your school doesn't do that? How do you know what courses are available? Um, so typically you could stop by the counseling office and there will be some type of course book potentially. I know my district always gives it out every year. There's some that are available for pickup in the office. They're usually a PDF version online. You can email your school counselor and ask them. 
there's definitely ways for it to be accessible as far as what is offered. And it does change year after year. So my advice, if you're able to not do push-in specifically, ask to meet with your counselor, you know, in the early winter, you know, maybe early January, you know, something like that, December, just so you can ask the questions that you have and they can give you the most updated information. Yeah, and I think that was a, a great point too about the course guide. So most schools will have a book um, with all the course offerings, the prerequisites, the description of the courses. And I think what's also really important too is for students to really stay on top of those deadlines because if you don't submit your recommendation on time or you don't submit your elective form on time, you might be closed out of a class. So staying on top of these deadlines and communicating with your counselor is really important to ensure that you actually get potentially the courses that are the right placement for you. So I, I think that that is definitely key as well. Oh, one more little thought I had too. So I know when students are picking their courses too, they simply like to pick courses based on like their favorite teacher or whatnot. So I always encourage students to think beyond their favorite teacher, because let's say that teacher stops teaching that class or retires. So as they are planning, um, just to make sure they are picking classes that interest them and not just based on a specific teacher that has taught it. Or what, like what their friends are doing too. I know we're probably going to talk about that later, yeah. but a lot of kids like get into the, like that rat race of like, oh, everyone else is doing AP US history and AP English and AP um, Spanish or whatever it is. So like, I also have to do that. Otherwise I'm going to look like behind or, you know, even if like your interests like do not align with those t particular fields. So that I think whenever we talk a little bit more about like the best way to select electives slash like what electives you should take. Like that's like the biggest piece of advice that I always give students is like, don't necessarily judge it based on what everyone else is doing, but like where your strengths um, and where your, your interests also lie. Because if you are interested in going into like history, then of course it makes sense to go into like AP US history and world history and those types of things. But for another student who maybe doesn't have that like interest in history, you know, maybe spend your energies elsewhere. Was there anything else you advise students to think about when you're talking about like selecting electives, Nicole? Electives, not so much, you know, definitely don't follow what you're just your friends are doing. If you have an interest, um, you know, go with that. But if there's something new that you want to explore, this is absolutely the time. I have a lot of students who will say, well, I want to go into BSMD or I want to go into pre-med. So do I have to take health science one and health science two and all of the anatomy, physiology, things are offered, you know, science electives. And if you love photography and you want to get into a little bit more of that side of your passions, do that as well. You know, you don't have to just put yourself in a box as far as electives go. And from what I've experienced, I don't think that the colleges necessarily place a ton of weight on this student wants to have this major, but they didn't take health science to, you know, what were they thinking? Uh, you can you can explore that and continue that interest in your extracurriculars also, not just your electives. Yeah, I think Great. a lot of times too, like taking an elective really introduces students to new subjects. Um, like I can't tell you how many times a student just took AP Psych because it, you know, it fit into the schedule and whatnot. And now they do want to major in psychology. So I think it's important. It also like shows colleges that you're willing to like venture outside of your comfort zone a little bit and try something new. So I do think electives are an important piece of what should we take and not just like, you know, throwing something random into that spot. And the amount of electives too will vary from school to school. I've had some kids who will have just like 
pages and pages and pages of like super in-depth, really cool electives, you know, sports journalism and like all these different types of engineering courses. And like, I don't even, I don't even know, like, it feels like it's more like a college course selection guide because they have so many like in-depth, interesting courses where some schools might just offer kind of like a more basic, basic um, electives. As a student, you're not going to be penalized, like based on like what the the school offers, because like ultimately that's not something you can control as long as you like took advantage of the opportunities that were available. But, you know, it is like a good place if you do have like all those really cool options, like to explore something like outside of your comfort zone. I completely agree with Alex to try things that are new and, and kind of push push your academic boundaries a little bit. Yeah. And that's a great point, Lindsay. I always get the question of like, how can we compare someone coming from Ohio versus New York versus California? And you just brought up a great point about like how high schools offer different options. So every school will send a school profile with the student's transcript. So it'll say on that profile, this school offers 20 APs and five honors, or this school offers 45 APs or, or whatnot. Um, and no honors, or we don't offer AP, we only offer IB. So all of those details will be in the school profile. So the university will fully understand that student, where they're coming from, and um, what the offerings were at the school exactly. And that goes back to like when you were talking about the academic record being important, because they do know, they have a good context of what was going on in your school. And if you took advantage of the opportunities and making sure that you did take, you know, in-depth, rigorous course load, of what was available to you. Cause some students, you know, that might vary from place to place about the number of APs that are available and the number of honors are available. So just remember that as you're kind of making your, your course selection. Now, I know we're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, having, trying out new classes and kind of, you know, pushing the boundaries a little bit, but Nicole, do you typically recommend like when you're working with our moon prep students to have like a four-year plan for like your classes? If we start that early, yes, definitely. We like to have some type of guide. It, it could get thrown off. You know, not everything is absolutely predictable. There could be changes of what your school offers, but I do like to have a plan. I do like to have that conversation early. A lot of families just to be aware of the prerequisites specifically. Some schools will not let you take AP biology and AP chemistry unless you've taken the honors level courses. Some schools will let you jump into AP chemistry if you get an A in the biology honors course, you know, it just depends on the school. So I usually advise this would be our goal. We want to have these specific courses taken in maybe 11th grade or maybe 12th grade, depending on what they're coming into high school with math wise. So that's going to determine a lot. And then I usually say, chat with your school counselor about any of the things that I may not know as far as their own specific school prerequisites. But yeah, we do like to have some type of plan going forward over four years. And I think the important part too is that it, it's not set in stone, it's a plan. So, and I think Nicole said it perfectly about knowing where do you want to be in four years? So kind of planning out, well, if I have a hole here, AP site can fit in there. And also not putting too much on your plate. I, I started working with a student as a second semester 11th grader, and she was in three AP science classes in 11th grade. And then the problem with that is now she doesn't have an AP science class to take in 12th grade. So sometimes taking too much rigor in a certain year can impact you later because you don't have those options necessarily in front of you. But if we were able to plan it out, we might have been able to shift some of that rigor throughout the years. 
So I do think a four-year plan is great. It helps you with the prerequisites and making sure you can meet your goals to get there for sure. I think that's a great point. Not just about like what classes she's going to take that her senior year, but if she's taking three AP science classes, how much time is she spending studying? Would be like a huge question I would have for her too, like as she was planning her course selection. That would be a lot. Like I have one student right now who's definitely not in three science APs, but she's in two science APs. And she's, she says that she like literally is studying from like 4 PM to like 10 PM every single day. And on weekend she's studying. So where does that leave her time for like her extracurriculars? Like she, she doesn't have time much for volunteering, for shadowing, for doing clubs and things like that. Cause she's so stressed about maintaining her grades. And so maybe there is like some time management issues in there too, but like, you know, ultimately it is a lot of work to do an AP class. And so as you're planning your APs and honors and doing enrollments and IVs and things like that, you know, you want to have rigor, but not so much rigor that you can't do anything else beyond your classes. Yeah, for sure. Balance is super important and colleges do appreciate like as you increase your rigor through the years. So if someone did take like three APs in 11th grade, taking two could look like they haven't increased their rigor. So taking three or four in 12th grade is helpful. So creating that four-year plan, um, which yet we said is not always, you know, fully possible to set in stone, but at least it gives you the idea of if you take one AP in ninth grade, you have the possibility to take two in 10th and three in 11th and four in 12th or, or whatnot. But it does give you the opportunity to see everything in front of you before we're making decisions that we can't take back. Um, I also had a student that jumped a level in a class and it was advised against the counselor, but they they did it anyway. And then they actually had to withdraw from the class. So we do want to make sure that we are selecting the correct rigor. We obviously don't want to have W's on our transcript or, or low grades. We want to make sure that we are ready for that course and that rigor. Balance is definitely key. Now, I know you talked a little bit about like a junior, second semester junior who was like taking a ton of AP science classes right now. But what is if like the students who maybe haven't made the best choices until now, is it too late to make a difference? Like when is too late to make a difference too? Yeah. So I don't think it's too late um, to make a difference. I think you can always show positive growth. So whether you are a student that maybe were in all regular classes in ninth grade and you just didn't care so much about school until, you know, in 11th grade when you really picked up your, you know, studying and your time management and now is the time for you to really, you know, engage in your academics. Colleges will see that. They much rather see a student start out maybe a little bit lower and then positively increase throughout high school. So that trajectory is really positive. But whether a student, you know, is selecting the right courses now moving forward, it is definitely helpful, but also making sure that they are using their, you know, time outside of the classroom. So if they can't change their current courses, at least they can do is, you know, do really well in those courses. So get good grades, go to extra help and then that will help you to make um, positive choices for your next year's course selection. But while you have some time on your hands to continue to work on your resume, your community service, your leadership. Um, so definitely, if you can't make a difference right now, currently in the classroom, because you are set in your schedule, a lot of schools do have an add drop period, whether it's like two weeks starting the semester, maybe they can speak with their counselor about changing their schedule currently um, for some more rigor. And if that's not the case or that's against school policy, hoping for next year to make those positive changes in rigor, but using their time effectively in the community would be a great way to show your impact. And to check what the rules are too, if you do drop and like switch to like a different rigorous, I actually had a 
girl who went the opposite way. She was like in maybe AP Spanish and wanted to switch down to honor Spanish because she felt like the workload was really intense. She was getting a B and felt like, you know, that wasn't strong enough. And so she decided to switch down to honors. And what she didn't realize at the time was because she did switch pretty late in the semester. I think it was like October or maybe even early November. So I was surprised that they even like were letting her switch down to a lower one, but she didn't realize that she was going to have to play catch up. Like the teacher made her retake all the tests that she had missed and do a lot of the homework assignments too. So her thinking that she was going to like have to do less work in this honors class actually ended up being the opposite. And she had to play like a massive catch up. So, you know, check to see what what's required before you switch. I'd never heard of that before, but that's what that teacher made her do. Yeah, I, I definitely can see every school would have a, a different policy on changing classes and levels. And I think that's why it's really important to just be aware of your deadlines and your requirements. So most schools who are on a semester schedule, you do typically have around a two week period for those ad drops. Um, if you're on a full year schedule, you really have to make some big decisions quickly. Uh, AP courses are mostly one full credit, so you can't like mess around too much with that. Um, but yeah, and I think it's important to remember too, when seniors pick their schedule, that's the schedule they're sending to the colleges. So if they do decide to change their schedule senior year, even if it is allowed by the school policy, they will let they will need to let their colleges know that they made a schedule change. So I think students forget that. They pick a lot of rigor and um, high offerings, and then sometimes senioritis kicks in, and then they realize they want to kind of back out of all of the rigor, which we would not want a senior to do. They made a promise to the college that those are the courses they're you know, selecting. So it is really important for seniors to be able to pick classes that they will commit to and stick to for their senior year. Completely agree. That's something I think people don't think about too, is like you have sent this off to the colleges and now you need to to let them know that you've changed. It is an important thing. Now, Nicole, what about graduation requirements? How do you suggest students kind of go about this? Should they always try to exceed the requirements? So as far as graduation requirements, I think just being aware of what is needed for your school and for your state is extremely important. A lot of students focus on what colleges want and what they are expecting, but the first thing you need to worry about and focus on is what you need to actually get out of the doors of your high school first. Some states require a fine art. Some require an art that could be something other than a fine art that has all of these different um, types of courses that you can take to meet those requirements. Language is a big one that comes up where you need some states need one level, some states need two. Colleges usually want three or more, you know. So just being aware of what's required, I think, is probably the most important piece. Again, I think part of that four-year plan tracking is helpful for this too, because if you're thinking BSMD or computer science, and you know, schools require a pre-calc um, prerequisite for the admission. It's important for you to plan ahead, um, but Nicole was 100% right about the minimum of each state is different and, you know, the fine art and the PE and it, it gets a little complicated um, when you're trying to just meet your minimum high school requirements. A lot of schools really do encourage you to stay in a language or whatnot, and I always like to tell my kids, like, if you're skilled in a language, great, stick with it. But if language is literally the worst thing you've ever taken and you've met the requirement, great. What can you do in that time slot now to pick a, an elective or something that is more in line with your major? So it's great to meet the minimum graduation requirements, but it doesn't mean we should just jump ship after, after that. 
And there are some schools, like some universities that have some like interesting requirements that aren't necessarily a requirement for a high school graduation. Like I know for the UCs, they require a fine arts. And so I've had kids who are not in the California like state and are applying out and they're for high school graduation, they aren't required to have a fine arts. And so that really messed up their applications. And so I believe that they were able to do it you know, squeeze it into their senior year classes. I think some of them were able to do it like as like a dual enrollment course too, like through the community college that was able to count. And so there are like ways around it, but you know, you have to look into that beforehand because that's the last thing you want is like on top of like writing your, your essays and kind of stressing about college is also like trying to scramble to make sure that you are meeting like the minimum requirements. If like the UCLA was like your dream school, like make sure that you have those things figured out for me. And all that information is really on the admissions pages. So they can say, we recommend three length, three years of a language, or we require a fine art being, you know, ceramics, painting or, or whatnot. So they'll be pretty specific on the admissions page as well. So that that's, you know, the admissions pages is our friend and it's, it's there to help us and see what we need if that is a, one of our top choices. Yeah. Do you have any like other last minute advice you can share about the course selection process? I always say too, it's, it sounds a little crazy, but the requirements to graduate high school and to get in the doors of a university are different. I have, I've had students before say, oh, I don't need a fourth level math, so I'm not going to take one. You know, the high school doesn't require it, but the college is definitely going to see that as a, as a flaw if you don't take it, especially if you're applying to these higher levels. So just keep in mind those types of things, just that they are not always equal. Yeah, and I, and I think it's really important too. So, you know, at Moon Prep, we get a lot of high achieving students and some students we start working with, you know, in ninth grade. So I always like to remind students that high school is the time to find your passions and your interests. So if you are thinking of a specific major or career field, that's great, but continue the next few years exploring and confirming if that is the correct major and profession for you. Um, you're not stuck in an idea at this point. Um, we definitely want you to continue exploring and finding your passions. And if your interest changes, that's great. You were able to confirm that maybe you have different interests or something you liked is no longer something you want to do because your career path is really we're going to spend most of your days beyond, um, you know, university and whatnot. So you want to make sure you are doing something you love. And besides in the classroom and course selection, making sure that your resume also highlights your passions and your interests and you're able to explore other avenues um, will help you to be that well-rounded student that colleges are looking for. Now, if you're a parent listening to this, what can you do to help your child succeed in challenging classes? So we think it's important for parents to be supportive. AP courses, AP exams, honors courses, college courses for dual enrollment, they're all challenging. They all add an extra layer of something that the student has to now focus on. Being mindful of the other things that are going on as far as extracurriculars and like really just talking to your child to see how you can support them. Every student is different but then also allowing them to see the value in the work that they're putting in and kind of the output that they will get later on. It's really hard for students, especially the younger ones, to buy into these higher level classes because, oh, I'll just do it next year. I'll just do it in 11th grade or 12th grade. And it doesn't matter right now, but, you know, kind of teaching them that buy-in and supporting them in that, I think is an important thing to focus on. Yeah, 
And I definitely think some of the life skills that they'll learn, um, quite often students come ask for help when they, it's already very late and they've needed help for some time now. So if a student does ask for help, they might already have that C or that D. So just checking in with your child, making sure that they are, you know, working on their time management and organization skills and also going to extra help when you have an A or a B in a class is a great thing. Speak with that teacher, continue to work on those skills. You don't need to go to extra help only if you have that low grade, but I often see that students ask for help sometimes when it's already too late. So just be that listening ear for them and to give them the resources if they do need some help and support. Um, AB classes are hard, IB classes are hard, honor classes can be hard. It could be you know, different on the subject or the teacher. So just make sure that you're supporting them and helping them build these life skills that they will bring with them to college. Yeah, and I know we talked about this before, but just making sure that the the student ultimately does have that time for balance and getting that extra help too and like learning how to study properly, I think can be a, go a long way with helping make sure that the student is using that time that they're spending on APs adequately. Because I feel like that's where a lot of students do go wrong is they haven't really had to study up until this point because they are super, oh, well, I guess a lot of our moon prep students, at least a lot of them are super bright and haven't necessarily had to put in a ton of work into their studies. And so whenever they are faced with like a, a tough, a tough material, a tougher material, you know, they might, might struggle with learning how to study properly. They don't start early enough. They, you know, don't know how to review properly. They don't know how to take notes even. And so building those skills and helping them build like those skills that aren't necessarily like, you know, science related or math related, I think can go a really, can go a long way in helping them succeed in their APs and, and beyond in college. And if, you know, they're like a lot of our moon prep students going into med school, you definitely need to learn how to study properly. So, you know, those are skills that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. Right. Well, I think that's it from us on course selection. Um, so join us in a couple of weeks as we dive into more topics related to BSMD and med school admissions. Don't forget to like and subscribe to get more great content. In the meantime, thanks so much and have a great rest of your day.